Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Two Average Brown Rules Podcast. I'm your host, Brashane. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is Monday. It's May 3. A whole nother month has gone by, Andres. How are you doing on this first day of May? Well, Brashane, I am doing fantastic. Uh, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time because I'm on on my vacation like i said last week so right now hopefully i'm enjoying sunny florida how about you Brishan? how are you doing this fine may 1st um yeah exactly like you said i can't really tell the future but hopefully the first day of may went well so far uh, i guess by the time this episode comes out it'll be the morning of the may 1st so the may you know hasn't even happened yet i guess it has just started but we're looking forward to the spring and the month of May. The trees should be, you know, the, the tree leaves should be coming out. The tulips around Ottawa should be blossoming. Lots of, look, lots of things to look forward to in the month of May. Oh, so fantastic. We honestly, May is just, it's the Friday. Kind of like, I don't know, Thursday night, Friday of the summer, which is fantastic. I love comparing now the months to the week. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I hope Ariel. I, I just like you said, it's May now. It's you know we're like like literally a third of the year has gone by. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like twenty twenty three, it seems like we just started yesterday. But you know, like you said, a third dollar has already gone by, and we already know summer's about to fly really fast because. There's so many things happening. And before you know it, it's going to be fall and winter again, which sounds really depressing to think about. I know. So we got to take the most advantage of that. So, Shang, what did you learn this past week? This past week, what did I learn this past week? I guess I learned a little bit about strikes. You know, as you know, the Ottawa strikes or PSAC strike across Canada, not just Ottawa, across Canada has been happening. I think over 100,000 people across Canada have been on strike, obviously, for better wages, better working condition, um, probably work from home as well. There's so much to learn about strikes. But as far as I can tell for this one, it's affecting quite a lot of people. And I, every time I go into the office, I see all these strikers, you know, um, going on, like walking around and essentially doing... A proper strike i think from what it looks like anyway <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but the thing i learned is that so these unions especially in canada and most places are they're pretty strong right the unions so i was finding out that you know these unions so if if your union is part of a strike you're pretty much forced to join i mean not forced but you're almost obligated to join because that's why you pay the union fees and if you don't join the strike and you still continue to work for your employer, you're called a scab, allegedly. So they don't like scabs. Um, fair enough, right? Because you're making everyone else look bad. Um, also, if you are a scab and then you eventually join the strike, that's called crossing the picket line. And just the terms around it, it's been pretty cool to see and just listen in when I do go to office because they're pretty loud and vocal which is great because I think that's how you get the message across. But 
it's like I said, it's pretty cool to see it unfold because I, I obviously I have seen strikes, you know, on the news or, you know, listen about it, but to see it actually in front of you, how well they're organized, how well they're prepared. Cause even in the rain the other day, you know, it was raining pretty hardcore. They were still out there with umbrellas and people were even joking that they should just bring barbecues <laughs> and it's pretty it's pretty cool to learn about and on top of that these strike work strikers i guess they don't get paid by their employer obviously it may, makes sense but the union since you know they're striking with the union i guess the union does pay them 75 dollars a day which isn't a lot but that still helps us better than zero and on top of that you have to strike for at least a minimum of four hours of the day and so to do that you have to you know go in the morning or go in the afternoon whenever sign up with your sign up with your member card right the union member card and then stay there for four or five hours and then sign out for the whenever you finish so just learning about the process of striking and the whole reel is it was pretty cool to learn and see really Oh yeah, it, it is an entire process. It is it is a little bit wild if you ask me. But yeah, no, definitely a lot a lot of conversation going around like because it's literally impacting the country, like all across Canada. This is what we're facing. Yeah, there's it does affect a lot of people because even like my brother, he's trying to get his passport back in time, but he can't get that because of the strike. So it does affect a lot of people and hopefully it gets resolved sooner rather than later. But obviously, you know, the they still have a lot to bargain for and which is fine because they totally deserve higher wages and better conditions for working. So totally on their side. So let's see how it goes, unfolds. If it's not over by the time this podcast comes out already, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Many things can change literally by the day. Yep. That's the thing about strikes. Things can change literally in in hours absolutely so Andres, what did you learn this past week so this past week i also did learn a little bit about the strike and kind of like you know a little bit more kind of like what is the what is happening and why uh this is something that like why did it lead to a strike because you know there's several things like usually a strike is not an easy decision it's really it's kind of like one of those last steps in terms of kind of like negotiating collective agreements uh, with the union. So kind of like understanding a little bit more the context and the history behind why it led and why we, we like the strike started over here, um, as well as kind of learning a little bit kind of like what of some of those services are that are being affected just because it is a big group of uh, federal workers. Uh, but once again, it's not all agencies that are affected, but kind of like how it affects yeah, day to day. And for me, it was just uh, a reminder because uh, one time I was on the other side, not negotiating or anything, just kind of like doing the contingency plan in terms uh, if certain workers would go on a strike. Um, and how will we plan in order to, in a certain way, meet and keep on being able to offer services and being able to still provide to, in our case, to students, while a big chunk uh, of people will be uh, at the picket line. So it just reminded me of all of all the changing plans that 
yeah, it was just, it's another story for another time, but everything that had to go into plan, like a contingency plan in terms there was a strike. So fun times remembering triggering things. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's so much to learn just even with the strike itself, whether you're on one side or the other, you know, obviously it's not always the happy, cheerful vibes, but even then I think hopefully it works out for the strikers and even for the rest of us that aren't on strike, I think it'll be good to see how it goes for our own future, you know, and in our careers and jobs. Exactly. And that's the thing is just like, um, in terms of striking, we'll talk about it later, but it is about advocating what it's kind of like in terms of unions and at least how it is here. Uh, there's certain unions around the world that take it a little bit further. Uh, but over here, it's about kind of like what is right and what is deserved. And, you know, kind of like being able to meet up to kind of like what workers are facing on a day-to-day basis. Basically, some, some of these conversations, is that's where it's heading. So, Absolutely. All right, Prashang. So this week, what are we going to be talking about? So this week, one thing that we haven't talked about, I don't recall talking about it on the podcast. Maybe we did a couple of, you know, when we first started, but it, that is the big thing that we do every night. Um, get your head out of the gutter. It's sleeping. <laughs> so obviously, you know, as humans, we do need our daily um, sleep. So this week, I want to talk about, you know, how well we do of getting that eight hours like you know we're supposed to um or we miss it by quite a lot or what we do to try to catch up on those and just our sleeping patterns i guess yes sleeping a very important thing in life (laughs) so andres how's your sleeping behavior how's your sleeping pattern um obviously for you, it's probably a little bit tougher because I know you're in school and you work, so it's it's probably kind of hard to get that regular sleep. But how do you? How well have you kept up with it? So my sleep sleeping schedule it's all over the place. It's not where it should be at or where I would like it to be at. Slowly, you know, been resting now that I'm a free human and that I am done school. But yeah, for the past couple of years, it's been, it's like, basically, you really have to allocate your sleeping time and understand, in a certain way, understanding how much sleep you need to get in order to keep on functioning, uh, which is not the same as functioning properly. Uh, So I, for the past two years, I've been trying my best (laughs) to at least get, uh, for me, I need a minimum between five and six hours. So that's kind of like what I was always, like during the week. That's what I was trying to aim to. And then slipping a little bit more over the weekends. Like the weekends, I'd really try to reserve. Uh, I really tried to reserve it to, to uh, in a certain way, uh, recovery sleeping. Um, but during the weeks, I would say anything between five and six hours. That's what I was trying to aim to, which is not, uh, it's not completely ideal. Uh, but, you know, um, that's what I needed in order to keep on keep on going <laughs> so, uh, not the best but it did get the work done how would you appreciate yeah i think my sleeping pattern is kind of up and down sometimes i'll get a decent amount of sleep at night other times not really and honestly the only blame i have is for myself even on those days when i get to bed at a pretty reasonable time 
I go on my phone to watch YouTube or, you know, just read anything online. And before I know it, it's midnight. And the next morning I have to get up, get up at like 6.30 or 7. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing contributing to my sleeping schedule, my phone really. But even with that, I think I do a decent amount of getting anywhere from 6 to 7, sometimes 8 hours, hours of sleep. For the most part, I would say my average is around six and a half, seven. Because um, I try to get to bed at a decent time, around 10, 30, 11. And at the earliest I wake up is around six. Nothing earlier than that, unless I have to, like, you know, get to the airport or get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, on the weekends, when I was younger, I could sleep in, at, you know, until like 11, 12 even one in the afternoon sometimes. But these days as I've grown up and, you know, I started working, I think my body clock just automatically wakes up at the latest around eight on the weekends too. So it's kind of hard to sleep in, but definitely better than the weekdays, which most days my alarm goes off around 630. I'll just lay in bed until like seven. That's when I get up. But there's also those other days where I'm very, very tired. It's either because, you know, I did something like a lot of lot of like walking the night before or i just slept super late those days i'll put an alarm for like 7:55 and get out brush my teeth and then start work around 8 fair no absolutely it's just sometimes you know technology just it sucks sleeping time out of us yeah and it honestly like creeps up on you cuz like you know i'll watch one episode of whatever show it is and then I get hooked on and I'll watch a couple more. And like I said, before you know it, it's like 1230 already. Uh, I think that's the, sometimes that's the worst thing. Um, Especially like, I think with movies, I think, I don't know, this is a different conversation, but with movies, you know, like watching a two hour movie and then you're, then you're like, okay, I'm done. Whereas with TV shows, it's just like oh, 40 more minutes, 40 more minutes. And then you end up watching TV for five hours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Prashank, in terms of kind of like, you know, you mentioned kind of like your sleeping pattern sometimes being all over the place. Uh, kind of like, what do you do sometimes kind of like to get it back on track? So I think for me, the one thing is just having a routine that helps quite a lot. So usually, especially these days and the days where I go to work and, you know, in in the office, by the time I come back, it's like, you know, six and by the time I eat dinner, it'll be like 6.37. And then I'll, you know, go on my computer. If I if I have time, I'll game. If not, I'll do other, you know, things that I need to get done. But then I'll start making team for myself around like 9.30. And then lay, just go to lay, lay down in bed, right? So even if I don't fall asleep right away, by the time I drink the tea and whether I'm talking to my parents, agreement, my brother... I'll be pretty tired and I'll just like naturally fall asleep. I think I I do a pretty good job of falling asleep right away. Um, one thing that I've really tried to avoid recently is try to drink like coffee or even like tea with caffeine, I guess. I should clarify myself that I drink herbal tea with no caffeine before bed. But if I try, if I have things with caffeine or if I eat a lot before bed, I find myself like super bloated and I won't be able to sleep properly. And the other thing is just, um, I think, managing stress. Because I know stress can have a big effect on a lot of things, but especially sleeping patterns. Because 
there's been especially the last couple of weeks when i was super busy at work i wasn't really necessarily stressed but i was just super busy and i had a lot to do um i remember those days my sleeping pattern was very very bad there was a couple nights where i go to bed and then wake up randomly at like 1 30 and then middle of the night and then again at like 3 30 in the morning and just get horrible sleep and you know i would really say that's a fact um that's from the stress I, I would say just because there's you know your brain is going super fast and it doesn't have time to properly like slow down and just relax yeah i know it's definitely stress i think that's one of the biggest things that keeps you up at night and recently i faced it like with like deadlines and trying to get projects done and everything like stress will keep me up for like another hour or two while your body's trying to calm down so i think it's a good idea and like good practice like you said kind of like giving ourselves that time to decompress at night so that you're able to get as much like you get proper sleep if your body has been decompressed and it's more on a relaxed state when it's time to hit the pillow yeah exactly and i think the other thing that really helps is just having a comfortable place I know sometimes when it's super hot, I can't really fall asleep because, you know, you get sticky and you find, feel yourself like itching all over. But if you have a cool environment where it's a little bit colder than usual, I think you fall asleep a lot better. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Well, that's the thing. Cooler environments in a certain way. Uh, there's a, that entire biologically thing happening that, you know, body starts flowing more. Uh, and it's reserved kind of like to your core so in a certain way that's kind of like in a way helps you fall asleep it's just because the blood flow is not throughout your entire like there's throughout your entire body but most of it is being reserved towards like your vital organs and everything to kind of like stay alive but it kind of like it kind of like trying it's trying to conserve energy and you do get a problem like a better sleep with, like in a, at a colder temperatures than hot temperatures for sure there's science behind that exactly and you know sleep has so many benefits um talking about science behind sleep you know it helps with you know just resting and restoration like during sleep our body repairs and rejuvenates itself and then it, sleep is also important from like memory consolidation the process by which the brain processes and stores information um as well as mood regulation you know like obviously we've all seen grumpy people um even ourselves in the morning most likely they didn't get their coffee or enough sleep <laughs> <laughs> yes um immune functions obviously like for healthy immunity you need that good old sleep and then hormone regulation as well so whether it's involved in appetite metabolism stress you know lack of sleep can disrupt most of if not all these hormones and it can lead to a lot more other issues. Like, I think sleep is one of the most important things. Like, there's a reason, you know, humans and even other beings really need to sleep for most of the our lives, really. Like, if you really think about it, we say on average you should get eight hours of sleep a day. That's 33% of your life gone to sleep. And, I mean, over time, it should have been shorter. But, obviously, evolution still thinks that, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours is a good idea. So, if we're spending that much time doing it, it must be very important, correct? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's vital. <laughs> yeah. 
And obviously, there are some people who say, oh, I can run on like no sleep. I can run on low amount of sleep, which might be true now. But really, the long term effect of that, you don't know it, right? Your body changes over time. And especially when you're an adult or getting older, it really helps to get more sleep. Um, overall, I think, especially high quality sleep, I know sometimes you can get low quality sleep for long hours, such as, you know, if you oversleep, you get super tired. If you undersleep, you're tired. If you have bad beddings, which obviously isn't an easy thing to do for everybody but if you can get a proper you know mattress a proper environment i think those all help to getting better sleep indeed no it is very important uh like it's quality sleep it's sometimes it's not amount of hours some like that amount of hours matter but it's like the quality sleep the quality of time that you're actually spending um spending in deeper states of sleep that is really what's going to help your body recover. Absolutely. So Andres, on the topic of sleeping, do you, what are your thoughts about napping in the daytime? I am a believer on naps. I do nap a lot, uh, but that's just me personally. I do enjoy napping. Uh, in a certain way, like napping is something I've done since middle school. So in a certain way, I was raised by the concept of napping. And that's just mainly for me was able to recover and kind of like put a pause in between the school day and then uh, my sports activities in the evening. Um, so that kind of like helped me get through the rest of the day just because it was, it was it's always been very busy in a certain way. And it puts that break in the day. So I do believe in naps. I try not to and do not try to engage in long naps just because they can disrupt this like the night's sleep but you know I, i'm delivering power naps you know 20 30 minute power naps or after work sometimes i'll take like a 45 minute an hour nap just kind of like to rest especially if it was a busy day at, like at work or at school um it's nice it is restful like your body cannot continuously be doing things all right like some people can but i i don't look down on people who nap because I am a person who naps and I enjoy nap but I also understand there's people that might not like it's something that you have to kind of like it's a habit you create at the end of the day not everyone has the capability of napping um, you have to have kind of like it sometimes it is a skill to be able to you know in the middle of the day just cut off take a little power nap or a longer nap and then come back it it does take some practice yeah, I, I too, I'm a firm believer of the power of naps. Um, I got into napping after, like during university and afterwards. And even nowadays, I love taking naps in the middle of the day. So usually, you know, I'll work from 8 to 12 and then 12 to 1, sometimes 12 to 1230. I'll eat a lunch and then I'll take a nap. Most of the time, 20 to 40 minutes. I think for a power nap, 20 minutes is perfect. Um, I realized this back when I was in university and I was studying for finals, you know, I'd get super tired around like 10 or whatever. And I'll take a quick 20 minute nap and I'll wake up feeling so refreshed that it seems like I slept forever. Um, which sometimes is not always a good thing because I remember, you know, trying to actually go to sleep and I'll fall asleep. And then 20 minutes later, I'll be wide awake. And it felt like I slept for eight hours, but then it's still only like 1130. <laughs> obviously you can't go back to sleep because you just had the most amazing nap 
which kind of sucks in those situations. But for the most part, when you're actually trying to take a nap, you know, during your lunchtime or after when you come home before you actually, you know, do stuff for the evening, even around five o'clock, I think a 20 minute nap isn't too bad. Sometimes if you go a little bit longer, it does hamper your sleeping schedule and it does mess you up because there's been a couple of times where I come home around 630, I'll eat and then I'll be really tired for that day. And I'll, you know, whether advertently or inadvertently, I'll fall asleep for 20, 30 minutes and I'll be refreshed, but then I can't, I won't be able to fall asleep that night for some time. And then it messes up my schedule all over again. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Oh so, yeah. It's so difficult sometimes for the napping purposes. Yeah. yeah. So it's trying to find that sweet spot for naps, I think is key. And just knowing yourself, obviously, if you're not a napper, don't do it because it does mess up your sleep schedule. And I think sleep schedule and sleeping habits are far more important than midday naps but if you know yourself and you can sleep for 20 minutes without oversleeping or even setting up a couple of alarms i think by all means do it yes absolutely it is important to do so and yeah napping napping is not for everyone uh but also don't criticize people for napping you know yeah exactly and napping is actually like I know some people like laugh at the thought of napping, but honestly, it's one of the key things that I've discovered in the last, I would say, what, since 2018, 2017. It's so key. It helps in so many ways. It just, it just refreshes you, especially when you do it at the right time. Um, it's, it can be really amazing. Mm, it kind of like restores and refreshes you. Exactly. Yep. So, Brishane, what, what are your thoughts on? oversleeping so aka sleeping more than nine hours yeah i think these days i honestly can't oversleep um because if i go to bed a little bit earlier I'll, I'll wake up naturally a little bit earlier if i go to bed a little bit later i'll wake up still or you know around where my alarm goes off so oversleeping i haven't honestly done in a while but i i did notice back when i used to do it i'd even be more like tired and groggy then when I underslept, I think, m most likely because I was used to undersleeping, whether it's because, you know, I stayed up to study or I stayed up to watch movies. I did it more often than oversleeping. But with oversleeping, I think the, the, the better aspect of oversleeping is you, obviously you have the luxury to oversleep and you can just spend time in bed to like relax before you actually get up, right? If, I don't know if that makes sense, but what I'm trying to say is if you undersleep, it's because you you're forced to get up because of work, because of school, whatever. So you have to like pretty much wake up and get out of bed and do everything to get ready. But if you oversleep, obviously you have a little bit of extra time. So you can, even if you wake up like around 10, 11 in your, you know, on the weekends, you can still spend another 30 minutes in bed, just adjusting to the day, getting up and getting used to the routine. Yes, I agree with that. So with oversleeping, like I said, I haven't done it in a while, but there's tricks and, you know, like I said, it does give you the benefit of being able to relax a little bit more. But for myself, I think undersleeping is a little bit easier to handle than oversleeping. That is, a, I mean, that's understandable for sure. Um, I think it's like, I don't know, I rather be kind of like tired from not getting proper sleep than overtired i don't know i always feel worse when i am overtired 
Yeah, I think that that's why key like sleep is so key. Because if you're undersleeping, you get tired. If you're oversleeping, you get tired. So trying to find that balance of what's good for your body and what's recommended, I think that's really key. Hmm. What about you, Andres? How about do you oversleep these days, or are you undersleeper, or what? What? How do you deal with it? I think uh, for me, I over I tend to oversleep over the weekends. But once again, that's just because that's my recovery sleep. So I just let my body like I go to bed, and then I let my body wake up when it needs to wake up. So sometimes I oversleep, sometimes I don't. But it's kind of like I'm just letting my body tell me what it needs. Uh, so there's that. But I try not to actively oversleep. Kind of like if I wake up and then it's like, no, I'm going to stay in bed for the rest of the day. I try not to do that because that just uh, in a certain way, uh, it just really disrupts the entire sleeping cycle and it takes a while to get your sleeping cycle back in order. So I really try not to do that because I don't want to tr- like have to go through weeks of trying to put it back together, you know? Yep, exactly. Any other thoughts on sleeping patterns, Brashang? I think, you know, we always hear about the REM cycle the or the rapid eye movement cycle and sleep stage. Um, that's... It's a stage of sleep that occurs, obviously. It's characterized by rapid eye movements, increased brain activity, and vivid dreams. So that's, you know, if you're if you're into tracking REM cycles and all that, I, I used to use that sleep cycle, cycle app. I think I, I do remember talking about this on the podcast before, but back in the day in university, I did track my sleep on my phone. And it's pretty cool to see your brain, like, Obviously, it's not 100% accurate, but it does show you how much you've moved throughout the night and, you know, when when you're in deep sleep, when you're in light sleep. So if you do track that, it's a really cool thing. I do want to do it again, but I don't have an Apple Watch, so it's kind of harder to do it because the only other way to do it is leave your phone plugged in and next to you all the time using that sleep cycle app. And I don't want I don't want to do that because it obviously ruins the battery. Yes. But I think if I do get an Apple Watch, I do want to track my sleep because it'd be really cool to see. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like nice information to have, you know. Yeah, it's like any other like you know like any other health app things that you can track like your steps, like how much you've walked, the stairs, and all that. I think it's just another another part of the health puzzle that can help you learn more about yourself and how you can. So it'll give you tips and tips tricks for your own benefit. Exactly, I sometimes it helps you adjust. Absolutely, and some if you're a data nerd like me, like I love seeing it. So you, some apps you can even d- download this and make like pie charts or charts or whatever you want to do with it, and you know learn about your sleeping history, sleeping patterns, and how you can improve in the future. Oh, we love data. Absolutely. All right, Brishang. Shall we wrap this up? Absolutely. So, any last words? on sleeping patterns, napping tips, or any other things related to sleeping? Um, just I think the best one is like knowing yourself and kind of like what will work for you. So understanding, like I know there's like people are like, you need eight hours of sleep is understand. Like I'm not saying like, oh, if you say you need only four hours of sleep, that's kind of like not, not good. Like you probably need more. Uh, but understanding kind of like what your sleeping needs are um, because we're all different like eight hours tends to be the average tends to be like a good resting period but you know if you know that 
you're well rested at seven hours do that like don't try to force yourself to kind of like meet the standard of eight hours if by say seven hours you feel rested um it's kind of like what your body needs so most important thing as with many things body related wise listen listen to your body i think that's the best how about jerry shank any final words yeah um i think final words is if you're not into napping see if you can get into napping don't force yourself to nap obviously but i think if you can get into it it helps quite a lot especially if you have like a lunch hour or some time in the daytime to just get a quick refresher because let's face it a lot of us don't get proper sleep we don't get enough sleep we don't get good sleep at nighttime so if you're one of those people a nap would definitely be beneficial and even if you if you get perfect sleep at night i think a nap doesn't help if it's a short nap in the daytime indeed it, it, it is a nice nap for time for time So Andres, what are you looking forward to for the upcoming week? So for the upcoming week, just because we're recording in advance, but I know what I'm going to be doing next week, like during the week that after, like of this when this episode is released, I am looking forward to doing so many hikes in the southwest in of the states, um getting to explore southern Utah and Vegas. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that, spending time with my cousin. I don't even remember when was the last time I saw my cousin um, because of everything. So I'm very, very excited to keep on enjoying this trip and enjoying a little bit of the warm beach over here in Florida. How about you, Rishan? What are you looking forward for this week? So, yeah, this week my parents will be in town for the next month. So we'll be enjoying um, my parents' company, obviously, and my mom's good cooking skills i have missed that dearly and i let her know every time i talk to her so looking forward to eating good food and honestly i might just get fatter because i know every time i go home to regina i do gain quite a bit of belly fat just because she makes good food and i love eating so i'll try to control myself but you know what i miss my mom's food quite a bit so i don't know if i can help myself or not <laughs> Fair, no, absolutely. Mom's cooking kids different. Yeah, and you know, just looking forward to the like I said at the beginning of the episode, spring is officially here. I think because I I walked by the apartment the other day and the tulips were planted and it had started to grow. It hadn't flowered yet, but they will be coming here shortly. So looking forward to that. And the weather, it does look like it's gonna rain a couple bit here and there, but for the most part, bright sunny days ahead. Oh, we love to hear that. We love to keep our age big. The summer. Right, Rishang, so where can our listeners reach out to us? So, like always, if you have any comments, concerns, crybaby stuff, or questions, reach out to us. Talk to us about sleep, your sleeping patterns, your napping skills. If you have any napping skills, talk to us, let us know, and we'd be happy to talk to you. On our Instagram, Twitter, to Average Brambles, hit us up anytime. Absolutely. But other than that, thank you again for tuning in to another episode. We always love hearing about you. And we'll catch you next week with a brand new episode of the Two Average Brambles podcast. Bye. See y'all.